All right, welcome to the Renaissance Gentleman Podcast, where we discuss being a man in today's increasingly feminine culture. Hey guys, so before we get this thing started, uh, something happened, meaning my mic decided to take a crap. So it was able to record Peter's mic, but not mine. So you'll be able to hear my voice just a little bit quieter, and then Peter's really up close to the mic, so it's going to be a little bit louder, but um, hope you enjoy it. Thanks. And we've officially turned it back on in 2021. Or 2022.0. Exciting stuff. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Twenty twenty two is our year for sure. Oh my word! Yeah. <laughs> Same thing as the Browns are winning the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness. We got them next year. Or the Bears, I guess. We haven't really won since '85. Um. I mean, I'm a Cubs fan. How do you think I felt in 2016 oh, when they God. finally got it? I watched that last <laughs> game in Minnesota with like me and two other people in the common room or whatever it was, and it was like. Just, I'm a Sox fan, but I was so overjoyed to have the Cubs finally win. It was, it was, it was ecstatic. Man. So, all right. So I guess we should, um, you know, toss a, like open the air or something. What, what is it? That? Let's just clear the air. Clear the air. That's what it is. Uh, right now you are only getting half the crew. <laughs> One of us is sick. Uh, Zach couldn't make it in tonight. He's feeling a little under the weather. And Isaac missed the memo altogether. <laughs> I, I really don't have a cover it, for him. It didn't help that about three hours ago it started sleeting for, like, just just big, big chunks. And his Mustang two-wheel drive is not exactly what that, what that car was made for. <laughs> so... Yeah. Rear wheel drive, lots of horsepower. Snow is not my friend. <laughs> so yeah, no. Uh, so we are testing out. Um, we're testing out a couple different mics. I have been able to get a couple different mics instead of just one mic in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of testing that out, seeing if it sounds a little bit better, seeing if it uh, works a little bit better. But um, yeah, yeah, we're just gonna be, you know, kind of shooting the breeze and shooting the breeze. Just two guys chilling. <laughs> Oh, so Good anything times. interesting happened over the Christmas break? For me? Mm-hmm. No. No. Not really. What was the best Christmas present you got? The best Ooh, man. I got quite a few, but my parents got me a portable uh, propane griddle. Ooh. A blue rhino griddle. Yeah. And uh, we cooked breakfast on it. You, the next just, morning, just, just bacon. Uh, eggs, bacon, and hash browns. And uh, the funny thing is, is me and my dad both forgot that those camping propane tanks, mm-hmm. the little ones, mm-hmm. they freeze up Ooh. in the cold. Ooh. And so it, like, stopped working. I was like, this doesn't seem to be cooking real well. And dad's like, oh, the tank. So he gets the flamethrower out. <laughs> And he sets the flame as low as it can go, and he <laughs> sticks the flame about an 
inch underneath the tank and he, and so I'm sitting there like trying to speed cook as the flames get hotter because the tank's getting hotter so the propane is flowing easier that's awesome and so yep we sat there and cooked breakfast on my uh, propane griddle with a flamethrower heating up the propane so that we could uh, actually use it you might be a redneck uh, <laughs> you know what it worked and we didn't blow each other up. That's that is that's a big thing. And it was just in the backyard. It wasn't yeah. like you went anywhere. Yeah, no, we yeah. were just in the backyard. Okay. Oh man. Probably Well, I had to pay for it myself, so it really wasn't a Christmas present, but I went to uh Salt Lake City for about for almost a week. Mm-hmm. And we were skiing in the mountains, Brighton Resort. Shout out to them. Yeah. Um I heard it was a good time. It was a really, it was a really, really good time. Um, the, the first day, it was just, it was snowy, it was cold, we were out there for about six hours, and after, you know, six hours, we're like, you know what, let's not overdo it on the first day, mm-hmm. and let's just, let's go back, and uh, back to the Airbnb, and so the second day, second day was not a cloud in the sky all day, and um, it was... It was just gorgeous. We went on this. Uh, the ones we were going on were fun. Uh, they were a little bit icy, but you know, not it, not too bad considering considering that it's been a record year for how little of snowfall they've had thus far. Like they have, they only had, they've only had like I want to say thirty inches of snow. Oh, is that all? Yeah, I know. Right, <laughs> they've only had something like thirty inches of snow as of you know the first uh, as of the first of the year. So most of the time, it's at least double that. So there were a couple of people that I were talk that I was talking to on the ski lift, and they were like, "I've never seen it this icy before. I've never seen it, you know, not the, you know, not deep." So it was kind of it was, that was interesting. But then we went on this uh, this other one that went all the way to the top, um, and you could see the other side, and you just look out to. You, you see Salt Lake City, you know, teeny tiny, way down the distance, and mm-hmm. the other mountains, and you're looking eye level at other mountains instead of looking up, and it was like, you, it just clicked with me. I'm like, wait a second, I'm really skiing at the top of a freaking mountain. Yeah. Because I'm so used to, you know, Cascade up in Wisconsin. There's nothing wrong with Cascade, but you go wee, and you're done. <laughs> I'm <laughs> used to. I'm used to twin sisters in town. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. It was kind of funny because I was talking with people. And I'm like, you know, first question is local or visiting? And most of the time it was visiting, but, you know, people that have been before. And then they'll repeat the question. And I said, no, this is my first, this is my first time at skiing in the mountains. And they all they heard was first time skiing. And they're like, what the heck are you doing? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I've skied before. I know how to ski. I just never skied in the mountains before because that is different. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the easy bunny hills, the green stuff. 45 degree down angle and you're just trying not to crash not trying to crash into the kids that are out shredding you oh my word but um yeah no the second day was just gorgeous the third day was gorgeous um fourth day was a little bit snowy a little bit foggy but you know we we were having a time of our lives um but (laughs) the fourth day and i'll show you this later the fourth day, I was doing a lot more tree runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, go- I was going slow, so it's nothing like I was I wasn't going crazy. But we were doing tree runs, going slow, going through the trees. I got it on video because I had my GoPro. And, uh, I think I heard part of the story yeah, already. I, um, I, I, there was this little, uh, this little bank. Or not a, not a little, a tiny hill in the hill, obviously. This 
tiny hill, and you bank on the right, bank on the left, and you either can go between two trees. I mean, it was like, you know, five feet apart, so you can slip right through it or you go around them. Well, I'm thinking, okay, I'll just bank, bank, and go around. Well, by the time I got to the second bank, I'm thinking, huh, I think I'm in control. I can go through the trees. Well, my right ski decided to go the correct way. My left ski did not. And I met the tree and uh, hit the side of my head. And it hit my... I was wearing a helmet, thank God. So kids, wear your helmets. Um, I, it, it, it missed my helmet and hit my, uh, my jawbone. And um, I, I fell. I, I hit it and fell, twisted and fell. And my little brother was right behind me. He saw the whole thing. And he explains that, like, when somebody falls, they there's an explosion of snow. Just, psh. Well, apparently when I hit the tree, there was just an explosion of stuff. My skis went one way. My poles went the other way. My GoPro, the sticky part of my GoPro came off of my helmet. Oof. And I got it all on video. It's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I've had a sore jaw for the past two weeks. Luckily, my boss is a, is a retired dentist, so he's, he's been checking up on me about every day, saying, hey, are you doing this? Are you doing this? I'm like, yes, I'm doing that. But, yeah, no, it was it was absolutely gorgeous. If you have a chance to go ski in the mountains, uh, Brighton Resort, you know, I was there for four days. It was great. Um, uh, Park City's out there, um, which apparently is huge and amazing. I didn't get to go because I didn't have the reservations. Um and that's the other thing, you know, with COVID and stuff like that, you have to have reservations, and it's like, ugh. But, you know, it's, that was that was fun. Yeah. But, And then I got home, and it was disgusting out, and I had to drive all the way from O'Hare to to home, and it was, and, and there was like three Ooh. inches of snow, like, in between the tire marks in the road. It was, oh, like, man. luckily I found a semi that didn't have a heavy load on his trailer, and he was just buzzing. I was right behind him. I said, I'll have my windshield wipers on high if I get to get home quicker. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> but. Too supposed to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're living in the Midwest. You know? and it, oh, the glorious, the glorious Midwest. Yes. But, yeah. Uh, so I was, you know, I'm lucky that it, you know, the, getting back to the tree, uh, I'm lucky that the tree didn't, didn't damage anything else because it was close to, you know, any, any more further, it probably could have broken my, like, cheekbone and mm-hmm. my eye socket or whatever. No. Farther back, it would have damaged my eardrum. So it, and I'm, I don't want to say I'm lucky, but I'm blessed. So I had people praying for me. I know that. Shout out to grandmother and mother, of course. <laughs> it counts. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Oh man! So the first of the year, first of the, did you do anything on New Year's? I was driving back from O'Hare, flying back to O'Hare. See, New Year's Eve, Tim threw uh, his New Year's Eve party. Yeah, and last year I heard was a little bit fun, but what happened this year? Anything? Anything extra dumb? No. No. No, nothing extra dumb. Kept it between the lines. Yeah, I kept it between the lines. <laughs> Better than I did last year. Good. I remember this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to drive home this year. <laughs> oh, I was man. able to remember this year. <sighs> That's funny. It's a true story. Mm-hmm. Don't remember much of last year. <laughs> You don't, we don't want to remember much of last year. Anyway. I really don't because the more I found out, the more I was just like, nope, 
Just, just stop just, there. Just stop. <laughs> I'm going to just apologize for everything. And we're, we'll leave it at that. We don't ever have to talk about it again. <clears throat> oh, oh, man. Good so times. 2021 has ramped up. I don't even think we started 2021 yet. I think this is... December... This is, what, December, December 45th? 45th? Something like that, yeah. 2020? Yep. Uh, I saw a uh, I saw a little like meme. It was, um, it was these two airplane pilots. Uh, one was coming to relieve the first airplane pilot, which was labeled 2020, and the new one was 2021. And uh, 2021 kind of takes over, and all of a sudden he got this fear look on his face, and 2020's laughing and walking away. And then it zooms out to see the plane that's just in constant flames, just falling, and mm-hmm. 2020's getting in his parachute and flying away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, on my mm. birthday. They decided January 6th, they decided to do something dumb. Mm. Storm the Capitol. Mm. Which is kind of interesting. It's, oh man. See here, alright, here's my position on it. At first I was obviously very sad, very heartbroken at what I was seeing. Still am. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, in my mind, if this was truly just die-hard Trump supporters, or if they were paid to be there by somebody. Because whether you agree or don't agree with whatever conspiracy theory it, it is, the most heavily guarded building on the planet just doesn't suddenly have the gate open with office doors open and minimal security for a crowd just to burst in there. With Congress people in With there. Congress people in the building. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Which, I had a friend of mine, uh, old family friend, old family friend, and her, her husband and her were out there at the Trump rally. And they were, they were praying, they were listening mm-hmm. to Trump or whatever. He finished his speech about 1.15, and then they were going to march to you know, the Congress building. Well, by 1 o'clock, there was already people marching on the Congress building, which kind of, which, you know, these are all conspiracy theories. It really is at this point. Yeah. So, at least, you know, that's, that's from what was heard. There have been, there's, you know, there's also a theory that there were people that, were driven up by police escorts and got out of vans and joined the the rioting or whatever it was the uh, almost domestic terrorist esque. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been you know reports that um, I saw a picture of a guy of a couple of people standing in the White House and they got a picture with it. The guy you know has a bearskin hat or whatever and a tattoos, which you know, Simpsons <laughs> predicted. Very familiar with that picture. Mm-hmm. And then right next to him is a uh, uh, more overweight gentleman with long, greasy hair or whatever. But on his on his uh, uh, on his uh, backhand of his, I think it's left hand, mm-hmm. there's a uh, a hammer and sickle. And you got to wonder how many of these Trump supporters support socialism. Hmm. Again, conjecture and conspiracy theories. Yeah. <laughs> Back to my original point, though, it doesn't. In my mind, it doesn't matter if they were paid to be there or if they did it of their own free free volition because at the end of the day what we just witnessed was legitimately 
an attack on the democracy of our country, how our country runs. All right. I don't agree with Biden's policies. I don't. It's not a secret. Everybody that knows me knows I don't. However, you know what? He won. It's time for certain people to accept that. This this is part of democracy. It's a every time there is no guarantee. It's a 50-50. It's like stepping onto a football field. Every time you step onto that field as a team, you have a 50-50 shot of winning and a 50-50 shot of losing. It's just because you practiced and you think you did everything right and in your head you have yourself built up to be the best of the best. Doesn't mean that your day's not coming. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, you can always say, you, there's, there's, in my mind, there's plenty of evidence to say that, it, you know, it's a sham. It's, you know, yeah. he, there's lots of, I think, I think there's lots of evidence to saying that Biden didn't actually, that the, the numbers were fudged. There's lots of evidence, uh, for example, in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. 114% of the population voted. Mm-hmm. That ain't right. I think Michigan was somewhere near that same hundred and whatever percent. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of, lots mm-hmm. of, even to say evidence that it was, you know, it's not a legitimate election. But at this point, they're going to swear Biden in. And mm-hmm. there's a chance that Trump could be impeached right before, you know, he gets let go in, what is it, today's the 15th, he gets done the... He has election. one week left. Yeah. They they swear Joe in on on the twentieth. It's the fifth. It's the fourteenth today. Six days. Seriously, why are we wasting taxpayers' dollars on somebody that's going to be out of office? See, and that's another thing too, because I'm very, very tired of hearing about people's problems and their feelings and how much they don't like the dude the dude's an asshole mm-hmm. always has been mm-hmm. he grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth he doesn't think like an average person on the street he thinks like, like a, a businessman like business he thinks like a billionaire i didn't vote for trump because i thought he was going to play nice that no play politician no if I'm, if I'm going to go to a doctor for my leg surgery or brain surgery for grand I want it to be the cockiest SOB in the building, if not the state. I, I want the Doctor Strange of doctors. Yes, absolutely. That completely insufferable, arrogant prick that you, that you cannot... You, I wouldn't want to spend time with the man, <laughs> but I know he's going to get the job done and he's going to do it right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's why a lot of people voted for him because his, even you know, his policies, what he said he was gonna do, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to, he wanted to do something, he was gonna do it. He was putting his foot down. Um, he did a lot of good things for this country. He did. Yeah. Whether whether you are in support of him or not, he did a lot of good things for this country. Yeah. But he's gone yeah. in six days. In, well, you know, as of this as of this time frame, five days. Yeah. And it's because over the last four years, we have honestly seen this attitude rise out of 
a lot of Americans mm-hmm. in the media, in big tech, in politics, doesn't matter. Just a lot of Americans mm-hmm. of they would much rather see this country fail and burn to the ground than have their feelings hurt by a guy who's going to do good for the whole country. It's like it's like a spanking of a child. Yes. The child is going to hate it. And I'm I I can't tell you how tired I am of both sides align politically. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I align with one side or the other. I'm pleasantly in the middle. I voted for Trump. I liked his policies better. I honestly believe at some point in his career, Biden cared about America. But when he was running, I didn't hear any policies. I heard orange man bad. And I can make you feel good. Mm-hmm. That's all I was hearing. I wasn't hearing how you're going to keep the strongest economy that we've had since the 1950s. The lowest unemployment rate, well, no, not the best economy since the 1950s. The lowest unemployment rate since the 1950s. But the best economy we've seen in years. Yeah. I mean, under Trump, the last four years, if you wanted a job, you could step out your your door and get three. That's how good the economy was. Yep. Everybody was hiring. In America. In America. In America. But I'm very tired of seeing this temper tantrum being thrown by both sides. That's that's a great way to put it. it. It's nothing more than whiny little children stomping their feet, whining and crying, acting, acting a fool, throwing a little temper tantrum, either because this election was stolen or he doesn't make me feel good. He's an asshole. Mm -hmm. I don't care I don't just like I don't care about anybody's college tuition I don't I really don't I got my own things to pay for you went to college you made the decision to go to college you knew it was going to be expensive that was all decisions you made right yeah I'm, you're a, I'm you're a college graduate. Yeah. You went there. You've lived it. You're living it. Yeah, I am living it. No offense, I'm not paying your tuition for yeah, you. I don't ask you to. I decided I wanted. I decided I wanted to go to college. I, you know, it's like, it's like me. I, I want to own. I, I don't want to own a uh, Ferrari. I don't want a Lamborghini. I want a, a Koenigsegg, the like a, the Swedish supercar. That's what I want. But if I buy one, I still have to pay for it. Even if I mm-hmm. put it in my garage and never use it, mm-hmm. I, st- I still have to pay for it. It's in college is the same thing. I could go to college and party my four years away, and come out with a minimal, mm. you know, a minimal wage job, minimal wage job, and I, you know, you still got to pay for it, even if you didn't learn anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, the sad thing is that's what a lot of these people did. They wanted the college experience. All the college experiences, kids, people listening, listen to me now. All the college experiences, getting high, getting drunk, and getting laid. That's it. You don't need to pay 
hundreds of thousands of dollars over the span of four years or over the span of five years. If you're like my cousin and you switch your major after your first year, you, like, I'm, I'm sorry, you'll never convince me it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You know why? I've done all those things and I don't have hundreds of thousands worth of debt. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make it right. Was, this is a kind of funny story. My one of my friends from college, good uh, friend of my Ike, um, he was studying to be like a like a biochem, something real smart, re- a real smart guy, real nice guy. Love the family. Um, but uh, he, we were the next day we were graduating, and I asked him. He said, I asked him. I said, if you had a choice, would you do it all over again? And he said, no. And I said, why? He goes, I would have gone to the trades. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, and you're you're not only getting a scholarship for for quite a bit of money for you to study here, but you're also going to be working here at post graduation as mm-hmm. like a assistant uh, assistant professor in the biochem stuff. You're you know you're probably one of the top guys in the in that major, and. And you'd give it, and you and you wouldn't do it all again. You'd just go right in the trades. And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Man, that's incredible. Give it all up, all four years, and go back in the trades." See, because what I what I keep hearing and seeing is it's the same exact thing. There's a lot of people upset because they went to college for years. They feel like they're never gonna pay off their college debt, but. What are they doing with their, you know, they, what do they go for? Liberal arts. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with a liberal arts degree? History. History. Philosophy. History. I'm a philosopher. you got to figure out a way to make money at that. Yeah. If you're not making money at it, why'd you throw money at it? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Like, man, you have to, when picking out a college degree in my mind, would it not make more sense to look at and see, is there a market for this? Yeah. Is there going to be a market for this four years from now? Okay. Honestly, and there's a lot of people going through, coming out, and getting immediately depressed because they can't find a job in their field. I didn't. Right. I graduated with a finance degree. You yeah. think I could easily just walk into a bank and say, hey, here's my resume, hire mm-hmm. me. I can't. There was there's nobody hiring. Now mm-hmm. I work at a gun store. Yeah. I sell guns for a living. <laughs> I mean I mean and you hear people like Mike Rowe, who does a really good job explaining what the trades are. Mm-hmm. The guy has built a whole brand on pushing trade schools. Because I don't know about your high school experience, but when I was in high school they didn't push the trades. If you said you wanted to go into the trades, literally every teacher that got wind, except for obviously the trades teachers, mm-hmm. the automotive teacher, the construction teacher, the FFA advisor, mm-hmm. every other teacher in there said, there's no money in the trades. <laughs> what are we seeing now? People who go to welding school, get on the pipeline, by the time they're 23, they're making close to 200 grand a year. Mm-hmm. 
pipe, pipe fitters, fitters right now are making about $50 an hour and it's only going to go up. Right. Union carpenters. Union electricians. Car mechanics. Mm-hmm. There's, I was just looking, Rock Valley is introducing a new thing. I think it's called Mechatronics. Which is a new, kind of like a new trade name that basically combines mechanical assembly, electrical assembly, and computer systems. So they're teaching you to fix, assemble, and diagnose mechanical, electrical, and computer systems all in one job. How many jobs right now have all three of those things just in one machine? All of them. Yeah. That is the all of them. You know how much money you can make if you excel at that? Oh, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, really, it really is incredible, you know. But the thing is, is that kids believe that they, because lived in such a golden age, mm-hmm. their parents provided everything, mm-hmm. um, that they're entitled mm-hmm. to a easy white collar, sit at a job and, you know, pretend to punch numbers in and then when the boss isn't looking, you're playing solitaire. Right. You know, that's that's what kids want nowadays. There was a, a, a classmate of mine who, he was a couple of years younger than me, but he, he's like, yeah, my, my job, my goal is to get the easiest job possible and make the most amount of money. And I said, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking that's what's wrong with America right now. Mm-hmm. Because you want to do nothing and gain everything. I mean, I won't lie. I've fallen victim to that several times, mm-hmm. especially in my f- fitness journey. You know how many times that I've gone to the gym, seven days or seven days in a row. Looked in the mirror at the end of it, and didn't go back for months, because I didn't see what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Seven days. I didn't get overweight in seven days. I got overweight over a series of bad decisions, or poor decisions rather, over the course of twenty years. It's going to take close to that and probably to reverse most of those. It doesn't happen overnight. You want the money. You don't want the work to get the money. See, the sad thing is, is all of these rappers, all of these influencers, forget the music industry for a second. Just focus on the ones that kids really look up to right now. All their social media influencers. The TikTokers. They are on their phone all day, every single day, making one video to go up. And they do it thousands of times in a row, so it's exactly right. So that when, it, when people see it, it hits every sensory they have. That's work. They're putting in the work. They're putting in the hours. There was a uh, uh, podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast, I think. Uh, with Andrew Schultz, mm-hmm. one of my personal favorite comics. Um, he is awesome. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Uh, Schultz Saves America. Please go check it out. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Anyway, so they were talking about how you know start getting started in the comedy world is such a pain in the butt mm-hmm. because you have to go. You have to do so many shows every mm-hmm. single night, and um, you know it, it was. He was talking about how most of the time, most comics in, like, for example, New York do four shows a night. A night. Mm-hmm. Until, like, you know, three o'clock in the morning at four different bars across the town. Mm-hmm. But 
it's it's interesting because when uh, they were talking about uh, Burt Kreischer, mm-hmm. um, about his his skit on you know the machine you know, and how that just blew up on on uh, on YouTube. Well, they were talking about that and say you know it wasn't just that one clip. When that blew up, you know he had tens of hours of other material already on YouTube. So that way, when boom something did hit. There was a lot more to fall back on mm-hmm. because if it just goes, boom, it's up there, and you have nothing else to fall back on, you lose the spotlight, you lose, you lose everything. But if you have a lot more that is built up, if you have a foundation, you know your thing, your your topic gets hit, they they find they find you, and you have so much more material out there. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you know, for example, Bert Kreischer, um, uh, Andrew Schultz. You know, just two those two guys off the top of my head. They had so much more that was already on YouTube before they blew up, and all of a sudden now they're they're rocking it and they have boatloads of cash and money and uh, are doing very very well for themselves. But mm-hmm. that's because they had a foundation. They had to work for that foundation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Joe Joe's done a lot of episodes lately where. Or maybe I've just been listening to his episodes with comics more. I don't know. I, I like those better. I like those a little bit better than yeah. the scientists. And yeah. Like that, but. Well, I, I very rarely listen to the scientists on there. Anyway. But, um, no, like, the grind that he had to go through when he first started, he was still in uh, MMA. Mm-hmm. He was still fighting as an amateur. He was doing morning radio and grinding out shows at night. Now, the thing is, is back then, since he didn't have a name, he had to wait for everybody to go. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning until he stepped on stage. And by that time, time, they're drunk, they're leaving vast majority of times his shows were terrible because he's just starting out. Mm-hmm. He's trying to find his groove. Oftentimes, he made the crowd leave faster. He started, the room was full. By the time he finished, there was like three people in there. Mm-hmm. It's a grind. And look where he is now. Number one podcast in the entire world. Yeah, and it has been for years. And it has been for years. And it started out with him and one of his buddies, I believe it was Tom Segura? I don't think it was Tom, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It started out as a webcast. They started it out just to have fun. And then uh, he did a comedy show one night, and he was like, how many of you listen to my podcast? And the entire room just erupted with people cheering and clapping and and. And he and that was his oh shit, like people actually listen to this, and so that was the pivotal moment in his podcasting, where he really started to pour time into it, and get those interesting people on there. And now he's making he did that deal with Spotify and millions and millions, and he's a he still does the M- MMA commentary. And mm-hmm. I don't think people ha- watch half of the fights without Joe Rogan as the commentator. No, I don't think so. I mean, he's, I'm I'm pretty he's sure most of himself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most people watch some of those fights just because Joe Rogan's the commentator. Well, I mean, even the even the the reruns on mm-hmm. you know the the highlights on uh, Sports Center on like uh, 
Instagram, it's always Joe Rogan narrating. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you know, here's a knockout. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's talking about this, talking about that, and well, a really good technique, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, that's what that means. And, you know, you listen for, you you watch for the fight, you listen for Joe. Yeah. And that's where his niche is. Yeah. But again, he had that foundation. He had to work for the foundation. I mean, all the, pretty much all the actors people look up to. Chris Pratt was homeless. Homeless. He was literally homeless. He, he was, it's a funny story. So I watched a video on how he got his headshots done for his acting portfolio. And at the time he was homeless. I think living in a van in a heavily homosexual area of L.A., because it was the only place that he could really stay. And oh, I can't remember it exactly now. I think he had, I can't remember how he met the guy. But he met a guy and he started talking to him. And this guy said, oh, oh, you need headshots? He said, yeah, I need headshots done. He goes, oh, just come back to my apartment. I'll do them for free. He goes, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Goes to his apartment. No no clue who he was. Goes in there. The guy said, hey, you'll probably want to take a shower. Of course. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you, you'll probably want to take a shower so you look your best for the headshots. He's like, you're absolutely right. I should take a shower. He goes, well, yeah, the, on the shower's in there. There's a, there's a clean shirt in there for you. So he goes in there. He takes a shower. There's no clue who this dude is. Just met him like a half hour before. Mm-hmm. No clue who he is. I don't think he even knew his name. I'd have to watch the video again. I'm pretty positive he didn't even know his name. Puts this shirt on. Gets dressed. Puts a clean shirt on. Guy hands him some hair products and does his hair a little bit. Dude takes his takes his headshots. That was it. Walked out the door with his headshots. And <laughs> look where he is now. Mm-hmm. Married in the Arnold Schwarzenegger's family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But, but, I mean, it's... People forget. Thanks to... And I, I highly believe this is because of social media. Because we've talked about it in the past. Mm-hmm. On social media, you see the highlight reel of everybody's lives. Mm-hmm. You don't see the, the Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Started his production company, Seven Bucks Productions, because he looked in his wallet one day and he found seven dollars and some change. That was it. That was all the money he had in the world. And he, they don't see that struggle. They see Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Dwayne the Rock Johnson, WWE superstar, movie, movie, He's in mogul. Yeah. He's, you know, in the life. most popular actor in the world right now. Yeah. Everybody knows who he is. You can't find somebody who doesn't know Dwayne The Rock Johnson unless they literally live under a rock. If you say Dwayne Johnson, they're going to go, is that a football player? But if you say Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Mm -hmm. just The Rock, everybody knows what you mean. You could be in Mogadishu in the middle of nowhere and you say The Rock and they're like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do some sort of wrestling move or whatever. And yeah, everybody knows him, but they got gotta have a foundation. You gotta have to have you have to have a struggle 
in order to excel. Well, and and what's the one thing that these guys all preach? What's the one thing Dwayne preaches on in all of his videos he makes? You got to do the work. Do the little things. You got to you got to do the little things. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart, he says the same thing. See, but what people don't understand and what they don't remember is it was a physical grind for these people to get where they are today. For these people to have their private weddings on a private island in some area of the world you've never even heard of, but they can afford to be there, that was because they did the work. The CEO of Woodward did not just step into the company as the CEO of Woodward. He started there 30 years ago as an engineer. Now he's the CEO. You have to do the work. You're never going to get there if you don't. And what 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 really bothers me about the generation after mine, Gen Z and going forward is you know, last year we had uh, the union sniffing around trying to unionize Woodward. Mm. Say what you want about unions. I don't care. That's not what this is about. Well, it is, but it isn't. Mm. The only reason a vast majority of the people younger than me voted to get the union in there was so that they'd be making as much as the guys who have been working there 30 plus years. I don't agree with that. In my mind, if you've been there 30 years, you've showed up every day for 30 years. You've proven that you can do your job. You do a good job. You've earned the right to make that much money at that company. I haven't. And all it was going to do, like the old timers there, they were pissed big time. Because they had to grind to get to 30, 40, $50 an hour. They had to grind to get to that salary level that they're at. That hourly level they're at. And now you're sitting there telling them that all that was for nothing. All these young kids can just walk in here and get what they're they're making. Just because it's a union shop. And because it's a union shop, they they can legally be entitled to stand there and do nothing. Because it's not technically in their union job code. So they'll be making it. They would have been making as much money as the old as the old yard. Doing less work. Basically doing the bare minimum. Yeah, people, people were upset. I can see that. It didn't go through. Because there was enough old guard left. And that, that battle change within ten years. In, it'll it'll change. I mean, you know, I have no doubt that eventually, within the next five years, we'll get a little bit closer. Because the thing is, is I think it's every five years. Okay. Once the union gets shut down, they have to wait a certain amount of time legally before they can try again. But all those signatures they got, those are those are good. They those don't expire. So each five years, even if it takes 15 years, they're going to hit that number. 
they're going to hit 100%. Yes, we want the union in here. If if even if all they get is three people to sign, 15%, whatever, whatever. I think this year, or last year, rather, we were sitting at 35% of the employees wanted the union. Now, that is also including the first time they started sniffing around. And I was very surprised that there was a lot of people like me who are in the millennial generation who were like, I've heard too many bad things about unions. How can we keep them out of here? And they were asking that directly to the CEO when he came in for an all-members meeting one day. I was surprised at that. Yeah, for unions, there are good there are good things, there are bad things. Right. So for what you just said, yeah, you put in the time, put in the effort, you'll get paid more. You know, bad thing about a union. Good thing about a union is that job security. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that again. That's just one one to one. Mm-hmm. You know, we could we could talk about this all night, but I no. don't have enough information. And no, I mean the the bottom line is there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah. And you you have and. I can't make the decision for you. I can't make the decision for anybody else. Yep. At the end of the day, I don't I don't like unions. In my opinion, they've outlived their usefulness. There was a time and an age where they were needed 100%. Back in the 1940s when Henry Ford was still in power in, in the 40s. Yes, yes. When, basically when there was no labor safety laws yep. or regulations. Unions were needed because they were the people that stepped up and stepped in and said, no, you're not doing that to them. Mm -hmm. These people make your money for you. Start treating them right. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin Wisconsin is a right-to-work state, so no Mm -hmm. unions are allowed, let alone thought about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then, you know, again, good things and bad things. You got to take it for what it is. Right. I mean... Good, good thing about a union, you can make a lot of money. Yeah. You can make a lot of money very quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people my age that work for uh, what used to be called Sunstrand. That's unionized. Yep. And it's as much overtime as you want. And these these guys, according to one of my coworkers, he used to work with, uh, with a guy. The guy that uh, trained him when he started at Woodward seven years ago went went over to Sunstrand and that kid sold his old truck sold his old motorcycle sold his own house bought everything new they were all paid off new house paid off new truck paid off brand new motorcycle paid off that's a pro he works, he's single, he doesn't have any kids. He works as much overtime as he wants. Get that money, boo-boo. Yeah. <laughs> one, of my buddies, one of my old-time friends, he's an airplane mechanic up in, up in Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, as much overtime as he wants. You know, he's like, you know, and he's like, he has, a, he has a girlfriend and, you know, a dog and a cat or whatever. But, like, 
you know, he doesn't have any kids. He's not married, so there's no responsibility there. Right. But yeah, as much overtime as he wants. He, I think he works most holidays because mm-hmm. double time, mm-hmm. triple time. Because why mm-hmm. not? And half yeah. the time for an airplane mechanic, you're sitting around waiting for the dang plane. <laughs> hey. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> not to mention he, you know, when he was he was originally working for Rockford for a little while, mm-hmm. and then uh, went up to Milwaukee because it was a lot better job. Um, but he was he was talking about what airplanes he likes, what airplanes he doesn't like, and what to stay away from. He's like, I will never fly on this this one because of this 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 and he's like i've seen the inside of that plane i am not getting on it <laughs> oh it was it was like that for me for a long time at woodward the vast majority of my first two and a half years at woodward 55 hours a week easy why not, why not? i'm single i had no kids i had no reason not to work mm-hmm. they were offering Went in and worked. Made a lot of money. Yep. Spent it just as fast. For a good reason. Mm. I didn't. I wanted to try to pay off the car that I had. That was a goal. So I made a $7,000 payment on the principal of the car. Almost did it. Until I traded it in for my truck. Whole nother conversation to have. <laughs> what what not to do now? financially? <laughs> what are they doing now? Right now, I could work every Saturday if I wanted to. Okay. The reason why I haven't been is because there's just nothing to do. Okay. Um, I'm assuming the machinists are busy, and assembly we can't keep assembly stocked with parts. I work in special processing, which is an aggravation in itself. I hate special processing. Never been a fan. I'm not a chemist. I don't want to dick around with the chemicals anymore. I'm not an engineer. I don't want to dick around with this real expensive oven I got to mess around with now. Mm-hmm. Until I find something better, I'm still making money. Yep. Or until work picks up, I'm not working any overtime, basically, unless I absolutely need to. Yeah. So. Do you get paid bi-weekly or weekly? Bi-weekly. Okay. Yeah. That's the way it was. I drove truck for my my dad's construction company for mm-hmm. at least until I got my current job, and we were paid weekly, and that was so nice. Now I'm now I'm at bi-weekly, mm-hmm. and it's like. Oh, I have things I want to purchase, but I gotta wait till <laughs> I gotta wait till that sticky check comes in, and then it's, it's, a, it's an actual check. It's not a direct deposit, so I have to take a picture of it on because we get paid on Friday. So I take a picture of it Friday evening, and I don't receive the money in the bank until Tuesday. It's like, oh, you're killing me, Smalls. It's an adjustment. It really is. I mean, my my first job was weekly, so I was very used to getting. Uh, Eight on Friday. I was. On Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Friday night. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I was very used to having a paycheck every Friday, three hundred some dollars in my account. Mm-hmm. Now I was making significantly less at that company than I am at Woodward, but 
So, but I think if if I if I would have been getting biweekly pay at, at that place, it would have been. Yeah, my paycheck still would have been half of what it is now. Mm. Wow. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I can't complain too much. No, it's not too bad. No, no, it's a, it's a good gig I got. But when I first started at Woodward, <laughs> it was such an adjustment <laughs> because I had been unemployed for about four months. No money in the account. I think I had maybe 60 bucks in the account. Um, and my first paycheck <laughs> came and went. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was weird. It was It was literally like putting a drop of water in a dry bucket and thinking you just filled up that bucket. Mm. That That's what I felt like. I was like... Oh, finally, I got a check. Mm-hmm. And like the next week, it was gone. I was overdrawn. <laughs> My account. I was like, that, that's not good. <laughs> My problem is right now, currently, you know, I'm making about 15 bucks an hour. And, um, and, you know, I work at a gun store, so that doesn't help my addiction at all. <laughs> so I just paid off uh, with some of my uh, Christmas and birthday money. I just paid off a, uh, a 30-06 bolt action, and I'm going to be putting on a, uh, a scope on it. And I was looking at prices and stuff like that. I'm like, man, <laughs> that is, calculated four days worth of work for one scope mm-hmm. on that stinking gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been do- I, I was doing okay because uh, I decided, because it was, it's a, it's a, for those of you who care, a Savage 110 Storm, uh, 30 out 6 with a stainless barrel, and that's oh, nice. Um, it's not, it's not a, it's not crazy. It's not a crazy gun, but it's mm-hmm. definitely not a cheap gun. Right. I wanted something a little bit nicer, something that'll last a little mm-hmm. bit longer. And Savage does a pretty good job on their, on their guns, making it um, not only affordable but relatively well made. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually consider them kind of like middle of the road. Yeah. They're not low class, but they're not the highest class yeah, you can not get made either. In Turkey. Right. They're made in Canada. Right. So, you know, not the Oof, you might want to give it back. <laughs> I <Anyway>. kid. <laughs> so, so I, you know, it's, it was about a, because I do, I did, you know, I did get a slight discount because I worked there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was around a $800 gun. Um, and so I decided, I said, you know what, I'm not going to, you know, just put it on the credit card and pay it off a little bit. I'm going to go 50 bucks every paycheck. So that was back in, I want to say end of September is when I started doing that. So I've been paying 50 bucks for every, every paycheck. And I got it down to about 400 bucks by Christmas. And I have, I had some extra cash on me and I said, you know what, I'm going to pay it off. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, what happened is I found a handgun that I kind of liked, and I put 400 bucks down on that, and then I realized, you know what? <laughs> as much as I'd like this thing, I really should do something else with it. So I, mm-hmm. I put it back out there, yeah. and the next day it was gone. I'm like, ah. well, it, was a, uh, it was a Springfield XDM mm-hmm. with four 19-round mags, five-and-a-quarter-inch barrel, and but the biggest thing it was the, uh, the trigger 
was upgraded, mm-hmm. it was a hair trigger. Like, <laughs> like you barely start flying, it goes off, and then your reset <laughs> is just like a quarter of an inch. Ooh. And then just uh, that quarter of an inch, and you pull back, mm. and a quarter of an inch later, it's shooting. It's like, mm. I would have loved to have bought it and mm. shot it, but you know, it's like you know what? Let me let's be responsible for once. And I put that back. Smexy. Yeah, put the mm. put the gun, put the uh, money towards that that gun, and I'm like, you know what? Now that I've paid that off, let's look at the scope. Because what I was planning on doing mm-hmm. was after I paid it off, because I had it planned out where I was going to pay it off in about March. By the time I've got the 50 bucks and stuff like that down. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to pick out a nice scope for it and then put it on and take it home. Um, but as of this very moment, <laughs> I got to wait I gotta wait on the scope. So I was talking to one of my coworkers, one of my ma- my, my manager there. Um, she, I said, okay, do I want this one or this one? Because the uh, Vortex Viper HST is very, very nice. Mm. Vortex Viper PST Gen 2 is also very nice. Or, you know, the Vortex Viper HSLR, which is the long range. I think it's safe to say if it's Vortex, it's just very nice. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, But I asked her, I said, so is it worth spending the money? Spending the extra money? The Viper or even a Diamondback? Because a Diamondback is a a nice step up from the, uh, the Crossfire. And she's like, you know what? If you want this to be your go-to gun, your long-distance gun, put the shit on it. And I said, dang it. Mm. I'm going to get another paycheck, and then I'll be back talking to you mm. <laughs> about a scope. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, I think I'll be I'll be getting a uh, Vortex Viper HST 4-16, 30-06. Oh, man. Mm. And I have somewhere. I'm, I, I don't think I'll... I don't think I'll, at least around here, I probably won't shoot it beyond 400 yards. I have a, I have a friend, uh, a former coworker of mine who has a farm, has about 300 yards shot, and I'm, I'm definitely sighting it in there. But um, if I'm going to be shooting a, like, you know, a thousand yard shot or whatever, I'm, I'm gonna, I got to go to like Montana or somewhere that's just way out there. But. I'm yeah. 100% down for a trip to Montana just to shoot a gun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make that very clear. Yep. 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 I don't care if all we do is camp and shoot guns. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just go to Montana. Right. We'll do that. We'll, we'll make a trip out of it. Let's do that, yep. friends. I, I second that motion. To our friends listening, because I know you're good friends and you support our podcast. Speaking of which, we had 10 listeners for our Christmas special really ten, yeah we had 10 listeners so thank you 10 listeners wow um, thanks guys yeah we, we had more <laughs> listeners for the for the christmas one than we did the week before <laughs> that christmas one was a good episode that though. christmas one was a really good episode um but yeah actually our most listens is episode two at like 22 no kidding yeah so we're at last time i checked we were at 88 listens for our for our podcast, you know it's just because of that end segment. Yeah, they're like, listen to these fools. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. these children. <laughs> so I, it's according to Anchor, which is what we use. Uh, Anchor estimates that we have an audience size of thirteen. So thank you, thirteen listeners, whoever the heck you are. We love you. We appreciate you. And maybe one day we'll have a big enough audience to say we remember you, thirteen listeners. We really do. 
We we need to get our Instagram up and going. Yes, I second that motion because I do have access to it. I just haven't really posted anything. Maybe maybe that's something we can do this year, 2021. Well, why don't you send like the login information for it? Yep, I'll put that in the description. To I'll, me I'll and put Zach. In the description below. To to me and Zach. Okay. Says Isaac is lame and yeah, doesn't have social media. I say lame. He's probably the smartest one out he, of us all. He really is. Just, you know, with with not having social media, he's. So yeah. I'll show you this. My uh, my phone. Where's my phone? In your car, probably. Shoot. In your coat. Well, it's not my coat. No. I thought I put it in my. Well, now I gotta find it. Oh. Is it around here? Mm-hmm. I thought I put I it in my pocket because that's where I usually put. Stuff. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Probably still in my car. That's weird. Hmm. Why would I put it in my car? Why would I keep it? I thought I I unplugged it from my car. (laughs) If you're anything like me, I have unplugged my phone, set it down in a different part of my car, and forgotten all about it. Although, then again, I have been in a panic looking for my phone while I was holding my phone. (laughs) I can't find my phone. That's another thing. You know, we're so attached to our phones. It's like the first thing you do when you wake up every day is just turn on turn on the phone. Got to got to see the news. Got to see what's going on. Yeah. And I'm I know I'm still continuing the thing with the challenge we did what a month ago now, which is the phone is away from the bed. I mm-hmm. I, I put it in my I put it in my bathroom. So when I get up in the morning and go take my morning relief, you know, I do have I do have my phone with me, but it's mm-hmm. not the first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning. Right. Which is what I, which is definitely what I used to do. Just I'd I'd wake up at six thirty, just to be on my phone for half an hour, and then I'd start my day. So. Definitely have my phone back by the bed. Maybe you know. <laughs> and I did because I had a moment of laziness because I was on my phone. And I was getting ready to go to bed, and I didn't want to stand up and go plug it back in. So I just grabbed the wire and plugged my phone in next to my bed. Yeah. I was like, that was so... See, what what I, what I had wanted to do is I had wanted to get one of those uh, plug uh, extenders. So there's like three plugs. Okay. You plug that in, and then there's just like three other plug-ins. We had one somewhere, but um, in that way I could have this on the far side because I got a giant nightstand. Oh, okay. So if I put this on the far side, I can't reach it unless I really roll over and stretch and risk falling completely off the bed. But uh, so I was gonna do that and keep using the alarm clock, but for pure convenience sake, to get to my phone. Mm-hmm. Put the alarm clock on the desk. <laughs> what I really miss about my phone being next to me is the the bedtime app because um, the alarm starts off really, 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 really quiet, and then it slowly grows louder and it brings you out of sleep really nicely. Uh-huh. Well, with my my old stinking alarm clock that I've had since middle school. It just goes for it. It just it just goes. Yeah. So it starts on a hundred and stays at a hundred. Mm. So it, it's it's the radio. So most of the time it starts on a commercial anyway. Uh, but it's like ah, I miss just being slowly woken up. Uh-huh. 
was I listening to? I was listening to uh, the Umso podcast with Matt Vincent. Okay. Yeah, Umso. So so he named his podcast Um So because <laughs> because you know he's two he's two time world champ Highland Games winner. Oh, and he got hurt. He hurt his knee. Uh, had to have full reconstructive knee surgery. Can't compete anymore. Wow. And now, he did all of his PT himself because through his connections of being an athlete, he knows countless personal trainers and people who can tell him what to do. So he did all his PT himself. And this past summer, that crazy dude was squatting 505 pounds for reps at at Mark Bell's uh, super training gym. Is that in Cleveland? Uh, This one's in California, I think. There's a there's a powerlifting coach or something like that. Not powerlifting, but like strength coach that's world renowned in like Cleveland, Ohio, or something like that. I forget I forget what the name of it is, but anyway, go on. It's it's probably Mark Bell or Chris Bell, his brother. Okay. In either way, he was so so he knows Mark. He's known Mark for years, and uh, I was sitting there and I was watching the video of him because it's on his YouTube channel. And I was sitting there and I was just watching him literally in awe, squatting 505 pounds for four or five reps on a fake knee that he couldn't walk on two years ago. Now he's back squatting 505 pounds. (laughs) It was ridiculous. But anyway, one of his favorite things to use, he uses... uh, this sleeping pad it goes over your mattress under your sheet and it's called a what's it called a chili a chili pad from Uller I think is the company and what it does is so it's got this little tank that slides underneath the bed runs super quiet and it just pumps water in there and you set a temperature and so it keeps your bed at like 55 degrees or or whatever temperature you want it set at so if you sleep better when it's a little bit warmer you can literally set your bed to stay at 80 degrees but but the cool thing is about it um the lifting my so my lifting coach is is his girlfriend okay and uh so she has her side of the bed set at one temperature he has his set at another okay and but the cool thing is is how he wakes up and he doesn't use an alarm clock or an alarm on his phone or anything. How he wakes up is he sets this thing about a half hour before he wants to wake up. It starts slowly warming up. So at like let's just say seven seven AM. If he wants to get up at seven AM at six thirty, it'll go from whatever temperature he has it set at say 55 and it starts climbing slowly at seven o'clock it's warm enough it's such a big temperature change that it literally wakes him up brings him out of sleep naturally and so then he's up at seven o'clock no alarm no anything else like that 
that sounds cool. It's like, that sounds really cool. How much does one of these things cost? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to look. <laughs> I, bet, I bet it'd be more reasonable than No, it's 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 not horrible. It's I think it's a few hundred. Okay, yeah. A few hundred. And uh, since he's sponsored by them. That kind of helps things. And, uh, so, yeah, well, he's sponsored, and he has a discount code. So... I might get one and just use his discount code. Why not? Hey, he makes it available for his listeners. That's what I did with my uh, meal prep meals. Hmm? Uh, my lifting coach, Bonnie Schroeder, and and Matt actually are sponsored by Eat Right Foods. And uh, so I ordered their bulk protein packages it's like a pound of steak a pound of chicken a pound of salmon a pound of shrimp and a pound of ground turkey um now obviously the bulk proteins are a little more expensive than just the typical meals uh but i got a discount on it because i got to use her uh discount code so that's something I wish I, I would do is the meal prep. Because mm-hmm. my my intake isn't terrible, yeah. but it's definitely not great. My dad has recently, he went to the doctor the other day and it's his heaviest he's ever been at about 315. You know, he's been over he's been over 300 before and then he's like, you know what, let's go on a, let's go on one of those diets or let's go on like it was neutral system. Mm-hmm. And he lost like I want to say about fifty pounds. Jeez. And then it you know, it not only got expensive but the food just yeah. And then they my mom and dad both went off it and then now he's at his heaviest at three fifteen. And the doc, who's also a really good friend of ours now, um, he's like, If you wanna to live to see grandchildren, you need to start losing weight. And so that kinda of made him nervous a little bit. So he's been using an app, and I, I'm blanking on the name, but basically what it is is it tracks your calorie count, what's good, what's bad. Is it the uh, the Under Armour one? No, it's not Under Armour. The uh, the MyFitnessPal or whatever? No, it's not MyFitness. Um, it's it's a specific food app. It's not like it's a running app okay. or anything else. It's a specific food app because he can scan food items like uh, ranch dressing. Yeah. He can scan it. He can scan the barcode, or he can just type it in. Yeah. Um, is it a boot? Oh, it is my fitness pal. Yeah. Is it my fitness pal? Yeah. The Under Armour app. I don't think it's Under Armour though. And it is owned by Under Armour. Maybe. Yeah, because you can enter it in, or you can scan the barcode and whatnot. Yeah, it must be it. Well. Well, I'm. My fitness plan. Well, I'm sure there's several like this, but yeah. something, something along. Those. Something similar to that. Anyway. Yeah. So he's been he's been actually doing this since the beginning of the year, and it's it's been interesting because he's been counting his calories, he's been watching what he eats, he's been saying no to the dessert which we usually have after supper, more mm-hmm. salads, more spinach, you know, just a lot mm-hmm. more things that are healthy. And he's been talking about it. It's like, you know, yeah, I've got, you know, 30 more calories left of the red zone and about 20 more calories left of the yellow zone. Um, you know, and then it tells you why this is good for you or, 
For example, some stuff that surprised us, uh, like a Papa Murphy's stuffed pizza. Have you ever had one of those? No. Okay, so Papa Murphy's is awesome. But they <laughs> give you, they make a pizza, but it's not frozen, it's fresh. Mm-hmm. And then they you, you get the pizza and you take it home and then you cook it in your own oven. Interesting. It's awesome. But they make a pizza called, it's a stuffed pizza. Mm-hmm. And what it is, they make a pizza and then they put another layer of dough. They wrap the first layer over top and then they make another pizza. And it's awesome. So a family-sized stuffed pizza we can will feed our family for like three days. It's awesome. But he had one. Um, he had a piece the other day and looked at it, and it was only like 64 calories or something like that. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it was. A, I, I think that the the program that he said was it gave him a little bit smaller of a slice than what he probably actually had. Mm-hmm. But he said, yeah, it's really not that bad because the – the Chicago style, which is what we had, has you know has tomatoes and onions and uh, and peppers and just just other things. Mm-hmm. And you know, yes, it's a little bit greasy, but you know, with most of the bread, you know, it's it's really not too bad. Which really surprised not only him but me too, because you know, pick it up, it's dripping grease, and you're like, ah, yes, and you take a big old bite. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it was it's been interesting watching him, you know, at least for the past two weeks, just you know try to try to make better decisions because hmm. we've always been big. Yeah, we've always been big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> we are, but uh, yeah, we're big dessert people. Or, or, go to cake, pie, or other something else. You know, I'll have a little bit of whatever we got, okay. but honestly, I don't eat a whole lot of desserts anymore. Not to say that I eat healthy by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I had literally had a company meal prep for me, mm-hmm. or get a vast majority of my groceries from them mm-hmm. this time around. Because now all I got to do is make some rice. That's not too hard. And measure out some of whatever meat that I want. Mm -hmm. There you go. You got a perfectly healthy meal right there. In college, I was was never one for cakes. I'm still not. Mm -hmm. I'm not much of a cake guy once in a while. Like, my, my mom makes amazing cakes and she's about the only person that I that cakes I will definitely have a piece if not two mm-hmm. but in college what always got me were the pies you know cherry pie apple pie mm-hmm. even blueberry pie I'm not a big fan of blueberries but blueberry oh, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of pie oh yeah big fan of pie pie is better than cake yep I said it but we yeah, both said it get over at it home, <coughs> at home here I I'm I'm a sucker for Nutella. I, my my mom went to Sam's the other day and bought a two pack of Nutella, and it's just so. Oh man, beautiful. dude! I I just listened to a podcast about Nutella. Oh yeah. Uh, actually, is that same guy that I had playing while you were setting up? Yeah. Tonight, his name's Seth Ferrosi, and uh, uh, he's bodybuilder. Yeah. 
owns his own supplement company, apparel company, whatever. Uh, she had never heard of Nutella oh, until, uh, what was he doing? I think he, he was doing something with a former pro NFL player that he knows. And the dude was eating Nutella rice cake sandwiches. <laughs> and he's like, dude, what do you got on that rice cake? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> It's Nutella. He's like, what's Nutella? He goes, you've never heard of Nutella? He goes, no, I eat the peanut butter and jelly rice cakes. What's Nutella? He goes, I'll make you one. So he made him one. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is delicious. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, man. But the quick side note, in, uh, in France, mm-hmm. Nutella is so big there, they sell it in gallon jugs. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. My mom actually has a picture with one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just ginormous. Anyway, so, yeah, we have, back, back here at home, we have Nutella and graham crackers. I'll just, just slather it on and eat. Like, mm. The other night, I had to stop myself. I was halfway through one of the packs, and I'm just like, you know what? I do not need this right now. Mm-hmm. So put that away and just kind of close the close the cupboard door and went and sat down, watched, started watching a movie and go, Jeez, mm-hmm. I feel bad. <laughs> because that that's what happens. You have mm-hmm. too much of the sweet. You overdo it every single time and you feel terrible. Like oddly enough, like I like foods that are high in fat. I mean like it at work I got on a really long kick of getting either a bre- breakfast burrito or a sausage egg and cheese mm-hmm. sandwich. With a hash brown. But my, my weakness is high calorie drinks. I like drinks that taste good. Okay. You're, you're the Mountain Dew. Uh, oh, I was a Mountain Dew. I was a, just a soda guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. And when I, well, I try not to drink soda anymore unless I have it a mixer or something like yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, man, because I find water so boring to drink after a while, yeah. especially after when you're when you're like me and you're getting back on your fitness train and you're you're trying to drink a gallon of water a day and you're just there's some there's certain times I just sit there and look at the water bottle like I don't, I don't want you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where Neo and the I I. I need to get some more. I had some, and it was great because when I was tired of water, I squirted some of that in there. It was zero calorie, and it didn't taste like water. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I was in in, uh, in Salt Lake City uh, when we were, went grocery shopping. Um, my little brother grabbed a bunch of, like, Powerades, and after the first day on the mountain, I'm like, bro... You are a genius <laughs> because that Powerade tasted so mm-hmm. good than the water did. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. No oh, man, we've been at this for a little while. Yeah, we've been at it for a while. Yeah. It's terrible outside, and we both got work in the morning. Yep. Alrighty. Alrighty. Alright, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Yep. Hopefully, we'll be back with everybody next time, if next. not next week. 
Here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. Here's to hoping we get our act together and get this to be an every week thing. And uh, anyway. Well, now, now we have all four mics, so this should be, hey. this should be really interesting to see yeah. what we all sound like. Dude. Hopefully the audio sounds better. Me too. When we switch back to the garage, we can put our headphones in and eliminate the background noise, hopefully. Yeah, that's true. The downside is that, you know, we have stands, so we're going to need to actually have a table probably in the garage or, you know, at you know, Isaac's house. You know, it just, this is going to be a lot easier than having to just hold it. That's well, hopefully by then. I'll have my own house. Hey. Hey. Mm-hmm. Maybe. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. See ya. <laughs>